ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, this is Chickie Fitzgerald, and it is Friday, March 21st. And I am so excited to talk to Barbara Weber-Smith again. We have had her on in the past talking about her Whale Hunters uh, books. And Barbara, welcome back. Well, thanks, Chicky. I'm delighted to be back with you and your audience today. <laughs> well, Barbara, tell us what a whale hunter is and why should we be hunting whales instead of something else? Okay, well, the the Whale Hunters Company is kind of, and our process is built on the way the Inuit people hunted whales in the far northwest of Alaska, and they hunted as a whole village, very collaborative, did a lot of preparation. Uh, they were small and the whales were big. And so we've used that metaphor to help small and mid-sized businesses grow their company by going after bigger customers for bigger deals. So that's kind of the overall point of view of whale well, you know it. It's interesting, Barbara, because my, and I'm sure I told you this the last time we spoke, my best friend always encourages me and tells me that it's it's easier to sell airplanes than pencils. And I think it's yes. a little different <laughs> metaphor, but the same thing. It is, yeah. So so you, um, you get to a point in your company where you're at a plateau, and what you've been doing is not going to take you to the next level. And very often the next level is, you have to do bigger deals, and you have to do bigger deals with bigger customers. So I'm all about how do you do that? How do you do it safely, profitably, you know, without putting your company under? Exactly. Well, you know, I really need you, so this is so perfect. <laughs> and for me oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have started another new company, and, and uh, I, I know you're in your third career. I'm not sure could count how many careers I've had, uh-huh. but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just launching a new technology company, and, and we have a product that is, uh, it works really, really well for companies that are in what I call the care uh, travel business, so, uh, yes. or not not travel, but care, so mm-hmm. hospitals and, and uh, you know, funeral homes and nursing homes and, mm-hmm. and uh, folks like that where people have to travel to get to where they need to go. And uh, we provide a product for that. And I, you know, I just hired a new business development guy, and I was trying to explain to him that when we're coming up with our target list, I don't want to knock on the doors of hospitals. I want to go to hospital corporations or hospital exactly. brands like St. Jude's yes. and you know cancer treatment centers. Yes. So, Barbara, before we dive into talking a little bit more specifically, and, and I know you've got a lot of books, so I, I don't want to just limit it to your to your most recent ebook. But before we do that. Tell us a little bit about your career. How did you become an author? Oh, well, I started out as an English professor, mm-hmm. and then I became an academic dean, and I, I uh, had a very nice career in higher education at um, Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. Um, oh, yeah, my mother went there, actually. Really? Well, and yeah. I loved that. And then I, I actually got to start up a new college that was uh, designed to – 
basically to turn all the freshmen into sophomores. That's what my job was. And mm. uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. And then I got to the point where I had put it all together and it was running and I was just a little restless to try something new. So I went into the not-for-profit world. I was president of the Indiana Humanities Council for four years, and that's where I learned about how to do big, complicated community collaborations to try to do economic development and uh, improve education around the state and um, uh, international perspectives, a lot of things like that. And uh, then I decided after a few years of that that probably there was a market for a consultant in that arena, and so that's when I started my first company, and I've been on my own ever since. Wow. Doing big deals. We have done a lot of big deals in the not-for-profit and education sector, but mostly in recent years uh, focusing on small business and mid-sized businesses. Right. Well, I had forgotten that you had Indiana as a part of your background. I, I grew up in Indiana, and, and yeah. uh, so uh, know know a lot about places like Wabash and Anderson University in Ball State. So it's, well, it's, I'm a uh, graduate of Anderson, and I was on the faculty there. And my son and daughter-in-law, granddaughter and great-granddaughter, are all in uh, Crawfordsville, <laughs> Wabash. Oh, wow! Wow! Many connections there, Chicky. Well, Barbara, let's let's talk a little bit, and, and why don't you tell us a little bit about the author side of things? Because you know, being a consultant, um, you know, we all, and I, I'm a consultant by trade as well. We all yes. have things we're expert on, and and I've always told people that if you want to really earn more as a consultant, write a book about what you know. Whether or not anybody buys the book is is you know pretty immaterial when it comes yes. to being able to say that you're you've mm-hmm. been published but you're doing way more than just writing about what you know so that you can get the credibility you actually are a very successful author so talk to us a little bit about the process of you know did someone come to you and say hey barbara you really need to put this on paper or did you just have a passion to do that well i think it's, it's some of both i mean as because I a PhD in English, I, I know how to write. I've been writing my whole life. I have not been writing for a public audience my whole life, so that was a big transition that I had to make. But I think it's true that if you're going to hang up your shingle as a consultant, um, a speaker, uh, you know, in order to have credibility, uh, you ought to have some published content, and that gets more and more important. Uh, as we do more of our business, more of our business comes in through social media. This this book, the um, Riding the Whale. This is a this is a really good example of how I work and how I make it happen for me. This is a collection of articles that turned into chapters, and I added um, reflection and action workbook pieces to every chapter. So. What I do is blog regularly, and then a blog is a short piece, sometimes a collection right. of 30 or 35 blogs. Um, I also do a newsletter every other week, and then when I get a certain number of newsletters on a typical on, – on the same topic, then I begin to work it into a book. So uh, it's a very – for me, it's a very systematic process. It, 
starts with writing something every day. Right. Well, discipline is certainly at the core of, of this whole topic of of sales success as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I know you weave that in uh, into what you're doing of creating actually a disciplined sales culture. Yeah, that's that's what we try to help our clients do, absolutely, to be um, strategic about what they're doing. And if they're going to go after bigger customers, they have to be a lot more sophisticated about right. it because they're going up after much tougher competition. Right. So so what is the first thing that that you focus on? And, again, I know that this particular book is a the second book in a, in a three-stage process. Yeah. So what, well, what was the first book in, in that series? Yeah. The, fir- the first book uh, that I co-authored with Tom Searcy is called Whale Hunting, How to Land Big Sales and Transform Your Company. And that's mm-hmm. available on Amazon. And Whale Hunting is the name. And in that book, we laid out a three-phase process, which I still follow today, which is scouting, hunting, and harvesting. Scouting is how to identify your ideal clients and find them. Hunting is how do you go after the deal. And harvesting is how do you serve them with excellence once you've landed the deal. So this particular book focuses on the the hunt portion of that three-part so the the first book is an overview of how to of the whole process, and then most of the things I've written since then have drilled down into specific parts of the process. Right. Well, I I love the fact that you not only talk about how to capture them, but but how to take care of them, because I think you know so many companies uh, you know are are aggressive in their sales efforts but they really lose in not keeping the customer oh yeah and that that'll just absolutely take you under uh <laughs> here's the thing i love about the inuit whale hunters this is true the inuit people did not understand that the whales migrated they thought the whales were reborn they took the head of the whale after they harvested a whale. They took the head of the whale back out into the Bering Sea and allowed it to sink because they believed it would be reborn. So what does that do for your company if you help all of your people understand that as a consequence of doing business with us, this customer is going to be reborn? It's a really powerful metaphor. Right. So did did the head of the whale then become food for, you know, for attracting other whales in? Probably not. I think it was more symbolic because the the whales were um, you know, that that was their pattern was to migrate. They right. spent the winter in Maui, you know, and then they went up to Alaska <laughs> for the summer, hey, the early totally spring, yeah, and there was just a very small window when the <laughs> when the Inuit people could actually hunt them very early in the spring when there was still a lot of ice in the water. They did right. not hunt them when they were going back south because they didn't have the ice to help them out. So it was, it's a really interesting story. I call it ancient wisdom for modern business. I think mm. I have great respect 
for those people and what they learned to do and how they did it collaboratively as a whole village involving everybody. So that's my philosophy of, of business development and right. sales. Right, and so you focus uh, a lot of time talking about the dramatic shift that needs to take place in thinking and in practice. So give yeah. us some examples uh, of what what we need to shift away from in order to do this right. I think we need to, um, first of all, understand that um, buyers today are very sophisticated. They know a lot about us before they're willing to talk to us if we're sellers. And so we need to, number one, know as much about them as they know about us. Number two, make sure we manage how they perceive us through um, all of our um, public presence, our website, all of our documents, our blog, all of the messages, our LinkedIn presence, all the messages that we put out into the marketplace need to be managed uh, assertively so that we are kind of putting our best foot forward and so that we understand what our prospective customers are able to learn about us. I think mm-hmm. you can give them a great deal more information, make the sales process very transparent, uh, give them um, information and ideas uh, that they can use aside from selling them something um, I mean, it's a little bit trite, but the thought leadership, I think, is hugely true in today's right. market. If you sell anything that's complex and you sell, a, you have a business-to-business sale, even a business-to-consumer sale, anything that's complex, um, you have to be in a thought leadership position in order for people to take you seriously. Well, Barbara, I'm glad you brought that up because um, the – the situation that I find myself in, and, and uh, I, I know that I'm not totally unique, is we have developed a product that, while it accomplishes something complex, is actually pretty simple yes. to implement. Mm-hmm. And also, we're a little bit unique in that we don't charge anything for our product because mm-hmm. our revenue stream comes from the use of our product right. uh, by the customers of our customers. And so I'm wondering if the processes are at all different um, when you're trying to establish something new, because we don't have a lot of competition because there isn't anyone who's focused on what we're doing. Right. Um, and and so our barrier is one of, of education. And so we've taken that role of thought leadership saying, okay, then we need to publish a white paper on why this can transform a hospital's customer service or a funeral home director's customer service with the family. Right. So you have I would say you have a you have a a difficult circumstance because you it's you know one of one of the books that I like that's completely opposite to whale hunting in its philosophy is Blue Ocean Strategy. Blue Ocean right. Strategy is how do you go into the ocean where there's no competition. And my mm-hmm. strategy is how do you go in the ocean where there are a lot of whales? <laughs> and so right. it's very competitive. So you have to do two things. You have to create a market, and then you have to persuade people that you have a solution to a problem that they didn't necessarily know they had. 
Right. And that's a, it's a very good way to go to business. You just need to understand it as a two-stage process. Right. I'm in a market where my customers know what they need, that then I already have competition. So I don't have to create that. I just have to win at it. Right. So you're going about it the right way. The, the thought leadership is huge in that. In that arena. What are what are some of the other tools that that small to mid sized businesses uh, can do to set themselves apart in the in the event that there is a lot of competition? So that mm-hmm. that issue of differentiation uh, and not being seen as a commodity. Yeah, I think you have to be um, extremely focused on what what I call your target filter. That is, what are the characteristics of a company that would be an ideal client for you? Find those companies, identify them by name, get to know them, uh, and work in in that specific space. Uh, We advocate that go after, um, for, for whale clients, we advocate that you go after a deal that's 10 times or 20 times bigger than your average. So a whale for you might not be the same as a whale for someone else. It's what's right. the next best size that makes sense for you. And then be very, very strategic about identifying the customers in in your geography or in your industry vertical that you really want to bring on board, get to know them, research them, build dossiers on them, and then um, – Use your social media relationships to get warm introductions to them. Right, right. Pretty much what yeah, you're doing, yeah, in your white paper, absolutely. Right, and, and you know, I mean, it, it has always made sense to me for for us to sell our product to uh, or through channels where you've got individuals who already have those relationships. Right, exactly. You know, for Mm -hmm. for instance, someone who builds websites for hospitals would be a perfect introduction for us Mm -hmm. because then all they have to do is agree that it would be an added value for all of the hospitals that use their website tool, right? And and so that's that's always been my philosophy and in my so that's a whale hunt. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whale hunt. Yeah. So where where are where are all the whales? Gathering, where are the pods? Exactly. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more about uh, this particular book, Riding the Whale. Where did that title come from? It's it's uh, evocative, definitely. Well, one of the when when the when the Inuit people when they they're out on their boat, okay, they're out on their um, umyak was the name of it. There was eight people in the boat. It's like a long canoe or kayak and they uh they get up close to a whale and they sink a harpoon or multiple harpoons into the whale and the whale doesn't immediately die the whale takes off and Mm -hmm. uh it can it can dive and then come up under you and capsize your boat or it can run way out to sea take you far away from where you want to be so um the the east coast whalers uh off the shore of New England they called it uh Nantucket mm-hmm. sleigh ride. So 
your boat is now attached to the whale and you're holding on (laughs) for dear life with ropes, but you don't have it. For the time being, it's got you. So that's where this title comes from. You are riding the whale and it's your job to tire it out and then bring it home. And and so what is the equivalent in the sales process? In the equivalent in the sales process is all of the time between when you first introduce yourself to a prospective customer till when you actually close a deal. You know, it's the heart of the sales process. Mhm. It's the whole middle section, scout hunt, harvest, this is hunt. This is how we hunt. And so what are some of the, the success factors of, of the hunt? What what do you need to be prepared to? Because, you know, prospecting, I, I think um, a lot of people get prospecting down. They understand they mm-hmm. need to use tools like Salesforce.com or, or something right. else that can mm-hmm. bring discipline to the process right. of exactly. track of the conversation, yeah. setting, you know, setting your goals of when you need mm-hmm. uh, to have the next conversation or encounter. Right. Um, so what are some of the other things that, that make that process successful? Well, when when you begin working with a particular prospect in a particular hunt, one of the key things is learning when to step aside. Um, salespeople and entrepreneurs, we are hopelessly enthusiastic. We're hopelessly <laughs> optimistic. And we will chase the deal forever. And so we have to learn when to say no. We have to learn when it's not going to work for now. The thing about a whale is they're going to be here for years and years and years. If they're not ready for us right now, we need to move away and focus on something else. Um, We have to uh, learn to read the signals that we're getting from the customer are we really moving forward or are we just marking time? Uh, when I work with my uh, clients, we put in a, a very, very specific sales process with clear steps and really clear uh, definitions of how do we know this step is done and we're moving to the next step. And so we have very clear ways to say we're just we're doing a lot of motion here, but we're not moving this deal right. forward. So really learning when to quit, learning when to say thank you, we'll be back next year. That's one of the key things so that you're preserving your resources. Another key thing to me is uh, learning how to involve subject matter experts in the sale. If you have a complex sale, you need your operations people and your customer service people uh, to be involved in the sales process, not just a seller. Right, right. So tell us uh, about the the third part of the process. It, when when will that book be done or or is it already done? It's not it's not done, but it it'll probably be out in about 60 days. I would say it's called the 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 final volume is called The Whale Hunting Culture. Uh, mm-hmm. The subtitle is Engage Your Entire Company in Business Development. And this is how mm-hmm. you handle um, providing outstanding service to a big customer. There are just a lot of moving parts, and small right. companies typically don't have 
the processes in order yet to, you know, really make a seamless transition from sales to operations and delivery. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. You know, uh, Barbara, I don't know if I had shared with you uh, the first time that we talked. My husband had worked for me for the last, or with me, I guess is a better way to say that, Mm -hmm. uh, the better part of uh, the time that I've had my consulting company. But uh, prior to that, he used to sell large equipment. So he was definitely a whale hunter. He was selling Mm -hmm. um, garbage trucks and street sweepers and sewer equipment uh, to municipalities and and, um, you know, various communities around the state. And when we moved to Florida, um, I was deeply involved in in my consulting business, and I was traveling all the time, and we had a two-year-old at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so he took a break and ended up working for me for like 13 years doing bookkeeping, which he absolutely hated. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he, he kind of kept the company going. Well, uh, almost two years ago, um, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do in the next uh, stage of my career because I was very tired of consulting. And at age 61, he got a phone call from a company that uh, did the same thing uh, as the company in Georgia where we had previously lived. And so for the last two and a half years, he has been back selling the equipment that he knows and he loves. And uh, the interesting thing, what I wanted to share with you is when he first started He told me about this company, and he said, uh, you know, my territory is the whole west coast of Florida, which was perfect for him. He knew the product lines because he had sold them before, but he was going to have to make eight calls a day, and not just phone calls, physical calls a day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just looked at him, and I thought, how in the world are you going to keep track of that and Mm -hmm. do a sales report at the end of the week? And so I got him hooked on the the low-end version of Salesforce, it's called Contact Manager, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like at the time it was five dollars a month, uh, you know, yeah. per person. And um, I got him using that, and on his iPad, put you know the Salesforce tool, and he could like snap a picture of the the business card and and you know import it right into Salesforce. And I will tell you that two years later, he is the top salesperson in the company. He's 63 years old, mm-hmm. and he has turned the point, and, and I'll be interested to see if you talk about this in your third book, where he's not the one making the calls. People are now calling him and yeah. actually placing orders and asking him to bid on, on things that are coming up, which is, is just perfect for him. And he can ride this out probably for another you know seven years until he's 70. Um, yeah. And he's just having a blast, but but that whole discipline piece of it, and then keeping his company in sync with how to take care of them, is really what has made him successful. Absolutely, and uh, I have been a user of Salesforce.com. I also currently I use Nimble.com, uh-huh. um, which is a, a social CRM. It, it's critically important to have those tools. Um, in order to be successful in today's selling environment, mm-hmm. you just cannot do it without um, yeah, the I can't support imagine. of great technology. Right, and it, and there are so many other tools that are, are perhaps sure. a little bit more affordable, but uh, a lot of folks don't know that there's that low-end version, and, and particularly right, exactly. small, yeah. for small businesses. Um, you know, it's just indispensable, and they've got, uh, you know, tools that allow you to chat back and forth even with your customers, 
And uh, so, you know, when people ask me about other tools, uh, I have kind of a rule of thumb that I always use, and that is if if a company, um, and particularly one that's an online uh, company, mm-hmm. if they don't have at least half a million unique visitors of their product a month, um, you know, I, I don't like to, to uh, put something so critical and mainstream to my company uh, in the hands of a company that might be new and have cool stuff. And, All right. you know, mm-hmm. maybe that that's uh, a little bit uh, uh, against what I'm doing even with my own product because, you know, we're, we're a, a new company in the business. But I think sales is one of those things that particularly if your information is going to be in the cloud, you have to know who has it and that you they're going to be around. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Well, Barbara, what are what are some of the words of wisdom that you would like to leave with our listeners? Uh, you know, clearly they need to get a hold of your your books. And uh, in fact, I, I'm I'm going to buy the the series uh, for my husband because I think he would really really enjoy it. It would Great. you know help him hone. Um, but why don't you give us just a couple of nuggets before we wind down, and then I'll have you share uh, how people can get in touch with you. Okay, that's great. Well, I think my most important nugget as as you are moving up the food chain of going after whales is uh, you don't want to finish second. I use the analogy, now moving off the whale hunting analogy, I'll use the analogy of playing Texas Hold'em poker. And the people who are most successful in um, Texas Hold'em are the people who fold early and often. And the people who, there are two people who win. One is that the, the winner of the pot wins, and the first person who gets out wins. And the biggest loser is the one that comes in second because they, play, they paid the most to lose. Right. So you have to be sure that you're not coming in second. You have to either win or refuse to play. And the more the more that a company learns when can we win and when should we refuse to play, I think that right. is the biggest distinction for small and mid-sized companies to learn because you can expend an enormous amount of effort or and money chasing after whales and coming in second and you can allow yourself mm-hmm. to feel encouraged by coming in second. And that's a bad, bad place to be. You just don't. Interesting. You know, if you're coming in second, you need to rethink the whole thing because you're right. just kind of being the foil for somebody who's winning. So you need to you need to either win or learn the criteria by which you should step aside or not play at all. Right, that's, right. That's my kind of last word on what I would well, like to see people learn to do. And that is such great advice. And I'll tell you just one other uh, tidbit from what I have been going through, uh, because we just launched our product in, in September uh, with a company that had so much volume coming to their website, we didn't think we could lose. Well, uh-huh. we we found out that you actually can lose in that scenario uh, if if they aren't sophisticated in in how they reach out to their audience because mm-hmm. B2B is 
is really challenging, particularly when you've got a, a product uh, or B2B to C, which is what I call it in the right. in the internet product business, because we rely on our customers to effectively reach their customers with our message, and and it's a tough one. But you know, as as we look at you know the kinds of companies we'd like to go after, when we go after a really big whale, the number one in whatever space you know we're mm-hmm. looking at, those individuals, and we do get the calls with them, but they are so arrogant Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, you know, sometimes we will get off the call and say, you know what, for all the tea in China, I would not have them as a client because, you know, we want to have people that we really enjoy working with. And if they're that arrogant in in the the courting process, so uh, I don't know. Well, one of of the chapters in in this book that we're talking about in, in Riding the Whale, one of the chapters is Avoid Killer Whales. Right. <laughs> and so, exactly. Uh, you know, a, a a killer a killer whale is is a species of whale that kills other whales. And the way they the way they kill them is they suffocate them. And mm. so I think everybody listening to this call has had a customer that absolutely took your breath out of your body and they yes. absolutely suffocated you. <laughs> or, and or so your brain cells Yeah, away. that's really good advice. You have to be very strategic. If you don't yes. like them, you know, don't go there. <laughs> right, right. Well Barbara, it has been very informative and I'm I'm really excited to get my hands on, on the series once you've got the third book uh done. And why don't you remind people of of the name of your first book that was available on Amazon and how they can get in touch with you if they would like to consult with you uh, on this process. Yes. Well, my first book is called Whale Hunting, subtitle How to Land Big Sales and Transform Your Company. Uh, It's available if you just search whale hunting on Amazon, you'll find it. Uh, My website is thewhalehunters.com thewhalehunters.com right. you can find a link to that book on thewhalehunters.com and if you um, go to the home page and click on products you will see all of the other um, books and um, uh, white papers etc that we have available both for sale and for free okay wonderful and Barbara do you do uh, keynote speaking as well I do absolutely Wonderful. So if, if someone needs uh, someone to speak on, on the sales process, they could also get in touch with you at your website? Absolutely. Or uh, there's a contact form on the website that's very easy to fill out, or they can email barbara at thewhalehunters.com. Terrific. Be glad well, to hear from anybody. <laughs> okay. Well, I really appreciate uh, your time, and we will be putting this on our iTunes channel and also making it available on Blog Talk Radio. So for anyone who is listening to the show, if you want any more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, you can go to www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com, or you can search for our page also on Facebook. I really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. And, uh, Barbara, I'm going to turn off the recording, and then uh, you and I can say goodbye privately. Hang on one second. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. 
with Chickie Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm.